Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. Well, we are excited to be here in your ears on a Sunday because, of course, that means that it is a more than mom episode. And those are some of our favorites. Yeah, I'm super excited about this one. You planned it. I'm just showing up. Well, it's it's kind of like we're just like we do with more than mom episodes. It's just going to be a mishmash of topics all having to do with like what we do for fun or diversions, um, how we occupy ourselves. And what I think is really fun about this one is that we're coming off a year that's been very strange for diversions and hobbies and what we do. Like, I don't think this year looks the same for any, like literally anybody, whether it's just because of the stuff you're not doing or whether it's because of the stuff you are doing now that you weren't doing before. Right. And we, we keep calling it a year because we are just circling around this one year anniversary of when the world changed. But don't you feel like Megan, it's really been like, I don't know, like a play in three acts, like the things I was doing with my quote unquote, like free time or downtime or ways I was passing the time or things I was seeking out for fun in the spring versus the summer versus fall, winter. It it's definitely changed within this one year. Yeah, I agree. Like I feel like March, April and May of last year for me were mostly like super hunkered down, lots of home homekeeping um, mm-hmm. and things like that. And then for me, the summer, because I live in Michigan, was really an opportunity to kind of get back out there, but like in a very altered way, but it felt mm-hmm. so kind of normal in a, like, in a, like, like a arrested, you know, like suspended animation kind of way, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, but I was still going to the beach. I was still going, playing in the pool. I was still hanging out outside, sometimes going to restaurants. And then that all shut down again in the mm-hmm. fall. So really, I feel like the last four or five months has definitely been the longest stretch. I don't know if you agree, but it feels like it's just been a slog. Yeah. And you have such seasonally different weather than I do. So you combine that with your actual indoor, like your, your annual staying indoors time combined with 
COVID. So that you're right. That is probably the longest stretch for you. Yeah, it really is. And what I also think is really fun, as we were planning this episode, you reminded me that we did um, an episode back in September that we called COVID Made Us Do It. And it was all just us talking about the quirky things that we have been doing since the beginning of this sort of, you know, COVID era. And a lot of those, not all of them, some of them, well, a lot of them are shopping related, I have to say, which makes a lot of sense. But a lot of them were kind of related to the stuff we were doing for fun or, or the way we were occupying, the ways we were occupying our time and how that had changed um, in the COVID times. And that was sort of like, I don't know, probably at like the, what would that have been like the six month mark? Yeah, I think it was about halfway, like yeah, halfway yeah. through the past year, September. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I'm just going to quickly hit some highlights from that episode <laughs> because I want us to dive back in later in the episode and talk about where we are with like all those things. And it's really funny because when I went back and listened, I had forgotten about several of these. Okay. Yeah. So one of them was that, Sarah, you were playing Tetris on your phone. <laughs> that I mean, is we so- spent a long time talking about it. That is such a COVID made me do it because I, as I explained in that episode, I'm not a phone gamer. So do you want me yeah. to say now if I'm doing that or we're going to say, no, that? we're going to dive into all these. So okay. no spoilers. We're going to okay, dive no into spoilers. all this uh, later in the episode. Um, we were both kind of obsessed with birds and squirrels. I would say my, by September, my bird and squirrel obsession was fading somewhat. It probably it hit peak like in April or May. Yeah, I think so. We were sending each other squirrel videos. Our listeners were sending us squirrel (laughs) YouTubes. Like the height of squirrel palooza was probably late April, I would say. In that September episode, we were looking back for sure at at how influential the critters had been in our spring and summer. And I really think we missed the boat on not starting a squirrel cast. We should have done that. It would have (laughs) been a smash hit. Um, okay, we talked about mixing cocktails for fun. And that was me. I was the one who said that was something I was starting to get into. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but I just thought that that, that like a little bit of a spoiler here, um, that surprised me that I was talking about yeah. that. I did not remember that at all. We talked about painting our toenails. I talked mm-hmm. about painting my toenails and you were sort of like, I don't know. I like a bare toenail, but maybe I'll start. So um, I, I devoted kind of a long time to talking about painting my toenails. <laughs> So that was interesting. All right. Here's another one that kind of cracked me up. Sarah, you were laminating everything. Oh my gosh. I must've just gotten my laminator. That's September for you. You can't, you can take school away from the Enneagram one, but you can't take the Enneagram one (laughs) out of a school year. I don't know. I was, I was laminating everything. And at that time, did you know for sure you're Kids were going to be starting back in person, or or was that something no, that you didn't we find were out still for at, sure? We were at home with hope, That's but none, right. nobody yes. was back in person. I was That's full right. like remote learning facilitator at that point. If that feels like a year and a half to five years ago, so okay. <laughs> so in the in the outline, I put Sarah was laminating everything, and then parentheses I put for fun question mark question mark <laughs> question know. mark question mark Was it fun? Was it not fun? I don't know. We can go into that a little bit more later um, when you can talk about your your laminating habits and whether they've stuck. And then Sarah, another one that stuck out uh, at me was that you said you had stopped reading, um, that you really during, during COVID um, had fallen off the reading bandwagon. However, you had just started again. I think you were working on like a, um, an Anne Patchett book. Yeah. The Dutch house. I read the Dutch house. Yeah. Um, And a couple others, like you had like three books going or, or maybe you, I know you don't like to read more than one book at a time because you have to finish them, but like you, you had, either gotten, you had gotten your hands on several pieces of reading material and you were vowing to turn over a new reading leaf or I guess turn over the same old reading leaf that. So interesting. 
So now are, is this kind of a surprise to you? Like you didn't yes. remember all this, did you? I don't remember okay. any of this. You know why <laughs> is because we, well, obviously you and I talk all the time. And so it's so interesting to take more of a snapshot because if I, if I look back at the year, I could definitely say, yeah, I went through a reading slump. Yes. I got a laminator. Oh, at one point I was playing a lot of Tetris, but if you'd asked me like at what point in the year that was, I would, it would be really hard for me to tell you. And so it's so fascinating to know that that episode was September and that that was, you know, six months ago and kind of six months after COVID yeah. hit. And then just to see these things laid out snapshot style is fascinating. No, I would have had no idea. Like half these things I have no memory of. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I think it's the same way for me. Like I remember all the things, but I can't put them on a timeline because the last year, and maybe it is partly because we talk all the time anyway, but it also feels like the last year feels muddy, like particularly mm -hmm. muddy as far yeah. as when things happened. It's a little, I don't have the other things you usually have to hook onto. Exactly. Um, so it's all just one big, you know, it's brown. It's like yeah. a big brown smear of paint. <laughs> Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite Factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. <laughs> and I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, Sarah. So since we're talking about diversions and fun, let's just start with games because yeah. um, that seems like the, the top of the list, right? 
Um, and I'm talking about everything from video games and board games and otherwise. I will say that I don't necessarily consider doing board games with your kids on this list unless you actually find that fun. Right. And at different times of my life, I have not. Um, mm -hmm. I am in a time in my life where I'm always the one trying to get my kids to play board games. It used to kind of be the other way around. Like they mm -hmm. would always want to play. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but anyway, so I'll, I'll start with this one. Um, board games have been a pretty big part of my life for the last year. Um, they always have been, but I would say in particular this last year, you know, my little pod is myself, my special man friend and Jenna and my brother, mm -hmm. John. Um, and then the kids. And so we have spent a lot of time sitting around various dining room tables playing Rummy Cub is one of the games that we play a lot. Okay. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, it's kind of like gin rummy, but with tiles. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I've always seen it like it's always in somebody's game cupboard. I don't know that I've ever played it. It's actually really fun and it's a great game. It's not super stressful. Like, I feel like you can just kind of I don't know, you can play it kind of at your whatever pace. It doesn't feel like one of those games that's so fast moving that you can't have conversation. Well, that's, um, and that's yeah. a, a real differentiator. There are games where you can chat while playing and games where you can't. And it kind of, right. you have to be in the mood. You have to know what you're going into. Exactly. So the other games that we play a lot, um, Farkle is one. It's a dice game. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a little bit like Yahtzee, but it requires a little more mental math happening all the time. So I don't find that one to be fun if I'm trying to, uh, carry on a conversation. It's not as social a game for me. Mm -hmm. Um, another one is called Quiddler. It's sort of like Boggle in card format, I guess I oh, would interesting. say. Like, I don't know. Like Boggle's not quite right, but you basically, you get cards and you have to play words with the cards in your hand that are letters, you know, mm -hmm. um, maybe more like Scrabble, but then it, it, it's like that and a mix of that and like Shanghai. So every, um, Every round, you get more cards, and you have to play different variations of them. So, like three words in, mm -hmm. or a three-letter word and a four-letter word, or whatever. So, it's a little harder to describe, but it, that's a really fun one. Um, and let's see what else. Oh, and a game called Sky Joe, hmm. which my friend Katie introduced me to like two years ago. It's a card game. Although Amazon has been sold out of like the regular Sky Joe, now they just have some party version of it or something um, for a while now, but it's kind of like the card game golf in that you have like um like a three by four, you know, set like wrote like a, I believe it's like four columns of three cards okay. each. And you're trying to get rid of cards by clearing rows mm -hmm. or clearing columns. Sorry. Anyway, that's way too much description of these games. Those are the four that have really been in the mix for adult game time. I just love that you have adult game time. I'm this is like making me aspire to this. So keep going. We do it a lot. Like like several times a week, there's adult game time happening. And it's not like, we're not talking about adult games, mind you. No. It's just games <laughs> with adults. When I do play with the kids, um, we usually play games like Settlers of Catan, Catan or stuff like that, where it's just easier to play it in a big group and keep all the kids engaged. A couple mm -hmm. times we've done Rummy Cub and Farkle with them or Yahtzee or something. And I just feel like those games don't keep them engaged as long. And if I'm going to convince them to all sit down with me, <laughs> like I want to make it work, like yeah. make it count. So Typically, that would be the kind of game we'd play with, like when Isaac's home and we have like a, you know, a, the whole group of us. But we've been doing a lot of that. I don't play any video games and I have not played a phone game since I quit Minesweeper, um, <laughs> which I got back into like a couple of years ago, but it's been a long time. So what yeah. about you? 
Okay, well, I'll start with the Tetris because that was a kind of a confession. Yes. (laughs) Um, I just sort of fell off of it. And I don't think I was, I was not ever playing it like a crazy amount, but I think when I brought it up as like a COVID made me do it, it was that I had never been any kind of a phone gamer of any kind. And then all of a sudden I just felt this need to like zone out and do something other than scroll Instagram, do something very different. And I purposely wanted to like zone out on my phone, which I know we're all supposed to aspire not to zone out on my phone, on right. our phones, but I actually wanted a way to do it that was different than other, I don't know, other passive scrolling. So um, I don't pay, play Tetris hardly at all anymore. I mean, it's still on my phone, so I didn't have to break up with it like any kind of addictive sense. I just kind of moved on. I will open it now maybe once a month. And it's it's just kind of fun. The kids will look over my shoulder and they just think it's kind of funny. It's like mom's playing a game on her phone. Uh, it just is out of character for me. Um, and they'll look over my shoulder and like cheer me on. So uh, I do play occasional Tetris, but I would say that was that must have been a phase, a COVID phase that I grew out of. I wish we did adult game nights. We joke that my parents are our best friends. Like it's a running joke. We'll be like, oh, our friends are here because we don't see anyone else. And we are (laughs) really, we, I mean, my parents are really awesome and we really enjoy hanging out with them. So it's like a, it's a joke we say with love, but we don't have any other friends and they don't see any of their other friends at this juncture, although they are almost fully vaccinated and that generation is going to be. So we keep joking that we're going to lose, they're going to go back to their social life. Yeah. Our only friends. So we, I'm going to like aspire to do that with my parents, with the four of us, Brian and I and my parents. Um, I think we all have very different game playing styles. So I feel like it would take the right kind of game to keep all of us interested at the same level. I'll just leave it there. I'm not going to throw okay, any well, one I, of the four really, of us. Are, my is dad's one a, of you my, particularly very competitive and the others aren't? Or My dad is a very, very good card player. Like, like he, he is, he grew up playing cards very proficiently. And so he knows a lot of card games. He can play anything. He's one of those people that can like mentally count, not count cards, but you know what I mean? Like he'll know like the last time an ace was played. He just, it's a vocabulary to him. That's much more native than my mom. Who's the least experienced of that kind of thing. And Brian and I are somewhere in the middle. And so if we ever play, I would say like a 52 card card game, meaning like your standard deck of cards type of game, it's not a competitive thing. It's that one of us whose name is Glenn gets impatient. His name rhymes with Ren. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he, it's, it's like, he's impatient. He wants everything to like keep moving. He's like a dealer in Vegas. And so yeah. it can kind of kill the buzz and there, and others might just be more laid back. So I feel like with the right game and then Brian and I, this is like, I'm like, it sounds so terrible. Brian and I are really fast at word games. Like we're both just really word nerdy people. So if it's a word nerd game, we would just decimate my parents. So we have to like split up the word talent yeah. and the card playing talent and have it still be fun. So so I think you should try Rummy Cub. It really is okay. fun for like, what I like about it is you you could just sit there and play with no strategy whatsoever and just pass the time and that's fine. Like if you're like a laid back player and you just don't care, you just want to be social. And I kind of swing back and forth. Like sometimes I play and I don't even pay attention to what I'm doing. I just want to play the game and talk to people and right. I don't care. And then there's other times where I'm like, I make a few good moves and I get kind of excited. And then I'm like, you know, if right. it's a word game, I'm all in from the beginning and I want to be the best at it. But if it's yeah. a numbers game, I'm like, eh, you know, I might. But with with Romy Cub, there's a lot of room for like moving stuff around. But there's also luck and like a lot of luck involved. So it's like whatever you get, you kind of have to work with. And mm-hmm. 
And I think Sky Joe is very similar. Like there's some strategy, but a lot of it's just luck. Like whatever cards you flip over. And they're not hard games to learn. And they're just, they don't feel, you can play them more or less competitively. And I don't know. Yeah. I like, I, I like, like them both for that. Um, and I will also say with Quiddler, we have house rules that we came up with, with my sister and her husband. And I don't like, I feel like we did that at a family gathering several years ago. And one of, one of them is we add extra points for like the dirtiest word, which is <laughs> really, really funny. Like it That's gets, awesome. because then it's all subjective. Like we all get to decide what the dirtiest word is. And it's not always the most obvious. Sometimes it's all of us just like, we'll laugh so hard. It's really funny. Oh my gosh. That's really funny. Um, <sighs> I wanted to mention that Boggle was a big part of our early pandemic with just the five of us, like my yeah. nuclear family. Um, and I love Boggle. We haven't gotten it out in a while, but that's always a fun one. Um, with little kids, you can adjust so that like when Violet was littlest, she could literally just write down letters that she recognized and she'd get a point for those in the same way we'd get a point for words. And for some, for a kid in the middle, you can like, you can allow two and three letter words for younger kids, but like make it harder for older. So we do a lot, we did a lot of boggle. And then one game that has genuinely been fun for the whole family, the five of us is Pictionary Air, which is Pictionary, you know, like the old school Pictionary, only it's a little bit electronic. It comes with this like, okay, I'm going to explain this as clearly and quickly as I can. It looks like a pen that you write in the air with. And if you point a phone or an iPad at it, you see what the person's drawing. So the person oh, who's weird. drawing looks like they're drawing in the air with this kind of fat pen. It looks like, well, oh, I'm cool. Say, yeah. Okay. Um, and then when you're holding the iPad up, you see what they're drawing and it, it ends up being really funny because when you draw in the air, you're not very good at what you're drawing, but it's actually amazing what people can guess. The kids like it because it feels like a little bit of an electronic game, but actually the principles are just exactly like regular Pictionary. And then you give yourself points right there in the iPad app. So it's like it kind of brings in a little bit of tech, but not so much tech that it feels like a like a video game or, you know, it's it's low. Te- it's a low tech techie game. It's really fun. I love that. And I just to your point about Boggle, I just have to tell you, I don't know if I ever told you this, Sarah, that one of my very earliest memories is playing Boggle with my mom and my aunt Kay. And them letting me play two letter words. Like I remember this oh. and I was probably three or four years old. Like, yeah. so all, I probably only knew like four words, you know what I mean? But, um, and I remember like very clearly remember how good oh. that felt. So yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, that was always our house adjustment. And then like now Violet will see three and four and even five letter words, but sometimes she'll spell them wrong. And so we'll be, yeah. we'll like go easy on spelling. So I feel like there's lots of ways to. Or do the yeah. thing where you skip over a letter or you go in the, you know, cause there's yeah. like kind of a yeah. way you can't, you right. can't put them together just any old way. It has right. to be a certain way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. Okay. Let's move on to what we are watching, reading, consuming TV, movies, books. Um, Sarah, are you reading again? Why don't you go first on this one? Yeah. I am reading again. I think that Ann Patchett book, The Dutch House, did get me back into fiction in the fall. I didn't. My fall was pretty low volume reading, but I've been reading since the new year started. Um, I well, I'll just go TV first because I'll be fast. We watched The Queen's Gambit recently. We are rewatching Mad Men from the beginning. We're on season. We just finished season four. We're watching the American version of the office with Allegra. Um, and I hadn't, we were never fans of the office. We never watched it originally. So it's actually a first time and we are loving that. Um, as a family, we watched survive old seasons of survivor and the kids love it. Um, I, I watched two movies recently. I watched the dig, 
and I watched Irresistible. Do you know about either of those? No, nothing. Okay. You would like The Dig, I think. Um, it takes place in pre-war England, um, and it's a little bit of a tearjerker. It's sweet. It's it's really well acted. Rafe Fiennes is in it. It's good. Um, and then Irresistible is a movie that Jon Stewart made, and Steve Carell is in it, and it is light and silly, but also good. And I never watch movies, so the fact that I've watched two movies lately is good. Um, I read All Creatures Great and Small by James Harriet, which I talked to you about off the podcast. And then we started watching the PBS series um, just recently. Oh. I watched the Britney Spears documentary, which I, I always forget <laughs> what it's called. It's put it's out by the framing New York Times. It's called Framing it? Britney Spears. Okay. Yes. I have not I watched, seen it, but I've. I watched that recently. Um, and then I'm still consuming a lot of news. I would say I listen to Up First every day and sometimes The Daily by the New York Times. Um, I read the New York Times, you know, through a subscription on my phone. Um, I've been listening. I just started listening to Renegade or Renegades. It's the podcast with Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama just in conversation with each other. It's really well done. Um, And I listen to a lot of long boxer messages from my little high school friend group, (laughs) like our little therapy group. Um, But I put that in there because I'm talking about consuming media we have long, deep conversations as a, as a friend threesome in that yeah. group. So sometimes when I go for walks, it really is like listening to a personal podcast or contributing to. So That's nice. that was a lot. Um, oh, I, right now I'm reading um, Untamed, Glennon Doyle's book. I just finished All Creatures Great and Small. So I've I'm not reading. I've about Glennon Doyle, uh, about Untamed. I've like read good, I don't know, feedback on the internet. Yes, I think it's... Um, like you don't have to be a huge Glennon fan to appreciate what she's really, really good at, which is taking like kind of big, gnarly topics and making them into little parables or stories. And I really like that kind of writing. It's the kind of thing where like when you read it, it feels very digestible, but then you find yourself thinking about it later. Kind of. She's a very she's good at that kind of thing, I think. So, um, yeah, so I definitely am reading more than I was in September. So that feels good. Oh, good. OK, well, um. I also, I read the Queen's Gambit, but that was, that was probably the last series I began and finished, you know, Mm -hmm. a whole episode or a whole season of, um, I started watching Mad Men as well with Jenna again, but then she got really busy with school. Once she kind of went back to school in person, I mean, that takes like really TV off the table for her and I, because she just doesn't have any time. Like on the weekends, everyone's busy doing stuff and she goes to bed at seven o'clock at night or something ridiculous (laughs) like that now. She's been getting up to work out at like five o'clock in the morning. So she just doesn't have time during the week. And that's fine. We'll get back to it when we have, you know, the summer probably. Um, other than that, you know, I always say I'm always trying to watch more TV and I fail. And I, <laughs> and I have watched um, more movies um, than usual with, I'm just gonna, I, I, I keep calling him a special man friend because I can't bring myself to say boyfriend. His name is Eric. So I can't bring myself to like use the word boyfriend because I'm 43 years old. and It's just ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, I have noticed and this is something that I've always wondered why it's so hard for me to watch TV when like other people seem to want to watch less TV. And I'm like, why is it that I can't finish a series? I, I like I can't make it happen. I started watching All Creatures Great and Small, thought it was adorable and just couldn't like follow through with it. So I think there's two things. First of all, I think I'm the kind of person who needs a partner to watch mm-hmm. something with, or I won't do it. Like mm-hmm. when I get in bed at night, I have a TV in my room. I turn it on once every, like once a month and I'll think I should watch a movie tonight. But unless I have something else, like if, if I'm 
doing something with my hands or like folding laundry, I just won't turn it on. It just doesn't occur to me. There's other things I would rather do like read or, you know, work or play around on the yeah. internet. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is I have never lived in a, an open concept house. And I really think that has a big, like a big impact on my TV habits because I got in the habit of the kitchen being my domain and the living room being kind of where the kids all went. Mm -hmm. And I would want them to stay there while I hung out in the kitchen. <laughs> and so now, I mean, I've lived in a variety of houses, but they've always had a separate kitchen and a not really easy access to the living room. Um, and I do think that really changes the way you relate to the TV. If it's in the living room and you have to walk two rooms to get to it, you, you might be not, not going to do that. Whereas if you pass it on, you know, on your way to the stairs, or if you can see it from the kitchen, you're just more likely to be like, oh, I'm going to turn the TV on. And so I've just maybe once in my life, adult life, have I lived in a house like that. And Eric's house is that open concept. You can see the TV mm -hmm. from the kitchen and from the island. And so we just end up turning it on and watching whatever. Um, and sometimes he's watching a movie and I'm doing something else. I mean, there's a lot of that kind of thing too, but yeah, I actually kind of really like that. There's something very cozy to me about like sitting on a sofa with the TV on and I don't even have to be paying attention to it. Um, it just doesn't happen in my house and it's never really, it hasn't really been a habit of mine since probably back in the days when I watched tons of like food network and HGTV. Right. And that was when I was married and like, kind of just, I was just relating to my home differently. So I just think that's interesting, an interesting it, aside. Uh, it is interesting. I mean, I have lived in houses with more open concept, but the type of television I really enjoy that I think of as like true diversion, I never like multitask. Like I would never yeah. be like cleaning up the kitchen while watching. Now we, with sports and being a big sports fan family, that's when it's helpful because often mm -hmm. I mean, I'm recording this and I just noticed Brian wrote on the whiteboard today, like Cubs versus something tonight, like it starts. <laughs> so like the Cubs will be on in that open concept TV forever, like till, you know, October. But um, my type of TV, I, I don't know that I take advantage of the open concept um, and I don't have the news on all the time or anything like that where yeah. I, but I know what you mean. I also kind of like that cozy feeling of it being something. Um, that's kind of on in the background, but we don't do yeah, that. Kind of mindless. For sports. Yeah. 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 And for me, like if I had a different layout in my house, for me, it would very much be, um, it'd be things like food and home. It'd be, mm -hmm. it would just be on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, moving on from that, I want to know, um, about the nature and the birds and the squirrels are <laughs> they still a thing? I'll go first on this one. I put my bird feeder back out. Um, Yay. I believe over the week, like last weekend. So maybe four or five days ago. And it was because I looked out one morning and it's like this, the seasons here, they change so quickly. Like one day it's like literally last week, it was really cold and there was tons of snow on the ground. And then one day it's like 36 degrees and the sun is out all day and you roll over in bed in the morning and you're like, wow, wait, I mean, the sun's already coming up and I'm not out of bed yet, which is crazy right to begin with. Mm -hmm. And then I see the birds hopping around on the railing and I'm like, oh no, they don't have any bird seed. They're they came back. So I put the feeder back out, I put the bird seed out and now they're all back. And I, again, back exactly where I was like a year ago, like staring at my window half the day, looking at the birds and the squirrels. Two observations. One of the squirrels now has like a totally different color pattern going on in his fur. Oh. So remember how we had that big conversation last year about how the yeah. 
Black squirrels really aren't black. They're brown, but they're like a weird muted, like a mutated brown. With the red tail. Yes. Now I'm looking at him right now. Okay. I'm going to describe him to you. He's, he's got like red, weird red patches all over his back. And it's it got to be, be like a molting guy. thing. Like a, like a, yes. like a seasonal thing. Yeah. So he looks, I mean, he's got to be the same one. He looks very comfortable. He's just as bold as the guy that came last year all the time. He obviously knew where the feeder was. Like he, he's been right. here before, but his, the red from his tail has now migrated like up his back, like a skunk to huh. his head. Yeah. So that's interesting. And now like I have a woodpecker who's been coming, um, a red bellied uh-huh. woodpecker who's been coming, which I never saw him last year. And they're very kind of exotic looking. He's got like a, like blue feathers and like a red head. And I was actually very impressed with myself for knowing that it was a woodpecker because the more you look at birds, the more you start to pick out sort of those, um, like the differences in their beaks, beaks, mm-hmm. bills, what are they? Yeah. Beaks, bills around ducks, their beaks. Yeah. Um, and their shapes of their bodies and all that kind of thing. So I've gotten pretty good at it, identifying like general classifications of birds. It's when you, when you really start to get granular, I don't know the difference between one, right. like a one finch and another or whatever. But I was just remarking yesterday about how funny I think it is when I look out and there's like seven little teeny birds and then like one enormous bird in the feeder. It just looks bizarre to me and Mm -hmm. it kind of makes me laugh. Like they're all hanging out together, but do the little birds feel afraid of the big bird? Are they just ignoring each other? Are they friends? Like it's really hard to tell. (laughs) Anyway, I'm I'm all in again on squirrels and birds. It's not it's not past. Okay. Well, um, so we don't have the seasons that you do, but we did move up here to Santa Barbara to a much bigger piece of property, a way more nature. Like I was, I was very like, uh, housing, like planned development kind of subdivision life before. So even when we were first into squirrels and birds, that was in my tiny yard in Orange County, like with very little nature around. Now I live with nature everywhere. Like my, my property backs up to a Creek. There are, there's bear in the neighborhood, there's deer. Like, so I am definitely in nature, but in terms of birds and squirrels, we, we hung a feeder when we kind of got settled here and they just decimate it. They, they take it in two or three days. They take an entire feeder of food and we have these scrub jays that are blue. And at first I was like, Oh, they're so pretty. They, they have bright blue, but they're kind of jerks. Like they're they're really so aggressive. the jays here are jerks too. I don't yeah. like them. I thought I would be excited about jays, and now I try to chase the jays away because they're mean. Yeah. So these guys are kind of aggressive, and then same thing, the little birds, and then there would be a lot of bird poop on where we we hung the feeder right outside the kitchen window in this little kind of patio area, which was charming, except that then there was a lot of bird poop, um, some of it on the patio furniture, and it's COVID. So what else do we have to do, like, but go sit out on the patio? It's like one of our few remaining pleasures. So we kind of let the feeder go empty and um, the kids will ask to fill it like once every two months. And so every couple months we'll fill it up. We'll get a lot of bird activity, but then it's kind of like, it's not, it would be too expensive. We would be like keeping them in seed. Um, We did have a lot of fun watching for deer. The deer seem to have done something else for the winter. They were constantly um, in the back in through like the fall and I haven't seen them lately. So I don't know yet about their, like, where do they go or why haven't we seen them? But there are a ton of deer. We did have a neighborhood bear who kept eating all the chickens. We didn't see him, but we would hear a lot about him. We don't have chickens, but lots of our neighbors do. Um, and then, yeah, we have squirrels. So I think just a general 
continued interest in local wildlife. Yes, um, we have. Oh, we've seen a couple of little gopher snakes in our backyard, which I don't know. I don't I'm not as afraid of snakes as some people, but I don't love them. They're really tiny. So the kids thought that was fun. We have frogs that come on our front porch. So we just have a lot more nature and that has been fun for the kids. But now you're also, you're kind of inspiring me to think about the birds again, maybe put some, <laughs> some feed out. So Well, I see how they kind of become old hat. And I will say by the end of last summer, I had just stopped paying attention. I think for, I think here in Michigan, it really is, it is like that first sign that spring is really going to happen. Like totally. It's really a thing. Um, and the sun is coming back and it's like, and the, the animals all go nuts because <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> they go, they, they lose their little minds because now they get to be out in the sun and they can get to go get food again. And it's just really fun to watch them kind of come back to life. And right now they're also very vocal. The birds are like, and, and you hear bird song this time of year. You won't hear other times of year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot more intense and they're like doing their mating calls and stuff. It's just, it's fun. Yeah. And you just, you have the the benefit of that seasonality that we don't. So I, when I hear myself being like, Oh, I haven't really noticed. It's like, well, duh. Cause you live in a place that's 65 to 75 all year round. So your animals aren't, and your animals aren't freaking out either. Like they're like, yeah, yeah, we get it. Like the sun will be here next month too. And the month after, like it never (laughs) went away. So yeah. All right. Well, um, let's talk about kind of our like day to day outdoor and or active pursuits. And I'm not talking like big things like, you know, for me, big hiking trips, obviously I'm not kayaking right now, but like, what is your just day-to-day activity look like? Yeah. And that could also include um, indoor stuff. I'm just more thinking like active. Yeah. Um, I walk three or four or five days a week around my neighborhood, but which also includes some hills and some, you know, pretty views. And I live in an area with a ton of mature oaks. So all the walks are really pretty. The trees are really pretty. And I walk for like 40 minutes several times a week. I mean, that's not that different even from before COVID, but I still enjoy it. Um, I started doing, this is not outdoors, but I have definitely like crossed over into where I do a yoga video of some kind about once a week. So thank you for that influence on me. Um, I think COVID obviously made a lot of people seek out video and streaming based exercise. But, and and I don't, I think, I think it was a good thing for me because I think a yoga video in my bedroom is kind of perfect for my desire for yoga commitment anyway. Even if the studios open back up again, there's something that just feels very doable about that. And I just do yoga with Adrienne, which there's like free YouTube library. And she like, I'll do a search, like on my birthday, I did like birthday yoga. And yet, of course she has like a 20 minute yoga video to do on your birthday. Or I'll do like evening yoga. You could just search anything. And she has so many that there's like a yoga video for your mood. So that's been good. Probably like once a week. Um, but otherwise nothing new to report, just more walking outdoors by myself with my headphones and my podcast and my Voxer. I love it. Well, I have to say that, um, I also have found renewed ability to commit to a daily yoga practice now that I'm doing it now that I just have a space in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was, I've been practicing yoga for a long time and I've been practicing it regularly for years, like several years now, but it was very sporadic because it was all based on whether I could get to the studio or not. Like, mm-hmm. and sometimes just getting to the studio for an hour long class or an hour and 15 or sometimes an hour and a half long class when you've got the drive time and then like the amount of time it's polite, <laughs> so yeah. like you got to get there a little bit of four beforehand. You don't want to be rushed. So like the whole thing would take like two hours. And yes. 
sometimes it was just too much. And even just being out around people was too much. I mean, sometimes it was just like, I just don't want to. And I will say one of the blessings of this or like the, you know, silver linings is that my studio in particular, but I'm sure a lot have just really figured out how to make this work for people at home. And so I just wrapped up a a yoga challenge, just like I did two years ago. Only this one was all, you know, all home practice and fewer classes because it would be impossible. The the one I did two years ago was 60 classes in two months. I mean, that would not have been possible given um, not only there's fewer classes to choose from, but just like everyone's restraints at home. I just don't see that working, but it was kind of like a scaled back version. So it was three classes a week and I did it and it felt great. And I'm about to resume um, my daily walks. I'm planning to start next week. I, I did walk yesterday. It was a nice day, but if the temps are still kind of up and down, right? So next week, the temp, the temps will crack 50 degrees, which to me is like the, the breaking point where I can like comfortably be out in just a fleece and not feel cold for half the walk or my ears hurt because it's cold or, you know, that's about what it is when I walk in the early mornings in the winter, it's like 48 to 52, like somewhere in there. And I wear my puffy vest and if it's really, if it's more like in the forties, I'll put a hat on, but yeah, right. that's your high is like my 6 45 AM chilly right. morning. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think like, I've kind of realized for the last, I believe this is the third or maybe fourth year that March has been the, the month I start walking and I didn't mm. do it on purpose. It just, that's the way it's worked out. And it's a great, it's really good for me. Like, I feel like I then go into a very different place the way I, you know, this Sarah, the way I arrange my days in March yeah. and April is very much around the the warmest point of the day <laughs> and like rain. And, you know, so um, this year I kind of just accepted like November through February for me are just not going to be like great times for walking. I'll go on a hike like out at a um, at a hiking trail or something if the weather seems right for it. But the sidewalks are never really clear. They're icy. Mm. I'm klutzy. Um, I don't want to walk when it's bitter cold and that's okay. Like I finally have just kind of gotten over my feeling like bad. Like I should just walk all winter long every day because I just don't want to. And I can keep myself plenty busy just doing three, four yoga classes a week or that plus a little bit of weight training here and there, or during non COVID times going to the gym. Like there's just other ways to do it and it's not bad to mix things up. And so I kind of like now that my seasonal rhythm is that I wait for the sun and the squirrels to come out. And that's when I know it's time to start walking again. And then you look forward to it and it does have that feeling of like coming out of the hibernation. I love that. And you walk walk far when you walk. I walk far. Yes. I'll do between two and four miles a day, most days. And, and I will say in the middle of the hottest part of the summer, that turns into like an after dusk stroll or earlier Mm -hmm. morning walk. Although this summer I ran a bunch, even when on the hot days. So I kind of keep it moving around and I don't let the weather stop me. I just, I'm okay with letting it change the way I do things. And that keeps the novelty a little higher too, yeah. which is helpful. So. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the mom hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, our place. In fact, you, me and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. 
It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Sarah. So I don't even know how to lump all these topics together under lamination and Sarah. Um, but really, I know that you just moved. So you're probably working on a lot of home organization stuff. And my house is always in a state of being in some way, you know, organized or, you know, I don't know, fixed yeah. up in some way. So let's just kind of group home organization, housekeeping projects, arts and crafts, any of those kind of like homebound activities that are fun or satisfying for you right now. And I'll go first. Cause I just have okay. two. Um, one is my garden this year. That was definitely a COVID maybe do it last year. I had very mm-hmm. grand COVID gardening plans. And what I found was that, um, my Swiss chard and my uh, arugula and my other like salad greens did really, really, really well. My herbs did pretty well. Everything else was a total bust. Okay. And I never could quite figure it out. I think the tomatoes were a bust because the squirrels were stealing them. So yeah. that's check mark against the squirrels. <laughs> um, so this year I'm not even, oh, and nothing that I planted in, I was so excited because there was a raised bed already here and oh, okay. I spent a lot of time weeding it and getting it ready and nothing really grew successfully there. So it could be something about, I mean, maybe there's like some pesticides in there left over, or maybe, maybe they were drying out too fast. I don't know. I'm not going to bother with it. Uh, the, what really worked for me last year was herbs and salad greens in pots. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to do this year. It was really, really easy. I'll still start some seeds in, ha- in the house, but I'm not going to try to like do carrots and squash and all that this year. It's just, I don't really have the right space for it. And, yeah. and I like being able to go outside and pick a few leaves off of a plant and then 
just make a salad and eat them. Yeah. And yeah. So that's, that's kind of my plan for this year. The other thing that um, happened in 2020 is I got really into embroidery around the holiday. I embroidered so many gifts and had the fully intended to continue after Christmas, but I kind of burned out a little bit and then I just kind of stopped. And I think one of the reasons I stopped is that my stuff is so disorganized, like all of the embroidery um, floss is what they call the threads. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's just really hard to jump into a project when everything's a mess and I don't have a driver right now. I don't have like a deadline like Christmas, yeah. right? So, yeah, you were very motivated. Oh my gosh. And I was doing it e- like every day, hours a day. And now I don't have that kind of fire lit under me. So I think what I'm going to do is spend some time kind of setting up and organizing a craft space. I think that'll feel really good and fun. And then it'll be easy for me to walk in and just go, I need these colors, stuff, stuff, stuff. And I'm going to mm-hmm. grab those and go work on a project and then put it all back. So that's me. How about you? Still laminating? Uh, I am not. The laminating was a short phase, but you know, that was a great purchase. I really am glad I have a laminator. I mostly used it as the kids were getting ready to start school from home, you know, remotely. I laminated like their schedules and a few other things. And then I used it for this um, organization project in our rec room where I am sitting right now for today's recording. Um, And I have these plastic bins and I wanted them labeled because the kids are old enough now to put stuff away and it's mostly arts and crafts and, you know, some, some toy categories, but mostly arts and crafts type stuff. So I do not regret my short, passionate affair with the (laughs) laminator, but right now it's just like a thing that I can pull out if I need it again, but I haven't needed it. Um, but moved into this house in July and I, I would say that house stuff feels like diversion to me. And I, and I feel grateful for that because I really love this house it didn't require any kind of like unpleasant work. I mean, it was, it had a fresh coat of paint, you know, it was relatively clean, didn't need any major repairs or any little ones that were needed. We've, we've now done. So everything that we are doing feels like fun to me. And so when, when we set up this episode, we were going to talk about like, what do we do in our free time? I was like, what do I do in my free time? But I think honestly, tinkering around my home and very slowly decorating it um, is very creative. It's a creative outlet for me and it's fun and I love it. So a couple like areas of focus, um, I'm really getting more and more into houseplants, like indoor houseplants, just little accents here and there. I don't know if that's, if I've been influenced by the internet, if houseplants are just more of a thing than they used to be in decor or if it always has been, and now I'm at a stage of life where my children don't need constant watering to keep them alive. And so now I can be interested in houseplants or if it's a combination of those two things. But I feel like right. I'm seeing and appreciating the look of using plants in decor more than I ever have. And I'm I'm just, I'm here for it. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm going with the trend in this case. I am not being trend diverse. So I'm liking my little pots. I'm like liking picking up a plant here and there, watering them. I got my cute watering can that I bought you one because you said you wanted it and I just bought it for you. Did it arrive yet by any chance? Um, no, it did not. I think it's today. Um, right. It's on its way. I'm so very that's, excited. It's that's so kind cute. of That's kind of fun for me. Little house plants here and there, little decorating projects. You know, the first year you're in a house, every season or holiday is new. So decorating for the holidays was really fun. Um, even now we got out our Easter bins. We don't really have a lot of Easter decor, but it was fun to see a couple dish towels and a little bunny here and there. So I feel like that is really fun for me. And then on the garden front, Brian is building from like a pile of lumber. He's building raised beds and he's doing <laughs> from it in, real wood. 
No, like literally from like a like yeah. a lumber delivery um, with power tools. And this is he's like the most Brian Powers way. He's doing it very thoroughly and very like with design in mind. Um, so they don't exist yet, but he has been sanding and cutting with power tools in the garage every weekend. And pretty soon we he will start actually assembling these redwood raised garden beds and that will be his project. I am not the gardener he is, but I do love that we have the space and I'm excited about that. We have three avocado trees that we got trimmed and so we we had to harvest like a whole bunch at once cuz they were really up high, they got cut down. So at one point I had like 30 avocados from my trees and that was very exciting. The problem is they all ripen like within four days of each other. So like now I'm kind of tired of avocado toast. Um, so yeah, like I think, yes, I'm just going to continue leaning into tinkering, puttering and being grateful for this house and this little bigger piece of land. So it's kind of been, I, I guess it hasn't changed very much, but it changes because the seasons change and, you know, I get a new plant or I redo the mantle and it's fun for me. It, it is fun. And I, there's, I have definitely felt like wanting to be more intentional about that kind of thing. Because when I put time into keeping my house like on season and all those things, I really like it and enjoy it. But then when I find that I'm just not paying close enough attention, I don't want to spend time at home anymore. And then it's like, it creates that cycle. You know what I mean? Like the more time I putter, the more I want to putter and the less time I putter, the less happy I am with the house and the more I just don't want to be in it. So, um, yeah, that's all great to hear. Yeah. And I'm very excited about that watering can. Oh, good. Um, it should arrive. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about personal grooming for fun. <laughs> and <laughs> I, because I, I just, I know there's personal grooming you do because you, because you feel like you have to, right? Yeah. And then there's stuff you do just for fun, like just as a pick me up. And back in September, I talked about painting my toenails. And I think I had just painted my fingernails for like for the first time in a very long time, either while we were recording that up. I remember it was in September. I remember when I did it. Um, mm-hmm. It was on a day. It was for my first date. Mm-hmm. Um, but my fingernails have been painted almost continuously since then, since September, which is kind That's of crazy. Amazing. Yeah. I've only given them like a couple days breather. And right now they're in a breather time and they're a little bit yellow because I've, I've had so much um, like red, like dark reds and purples on them. So I think I need to start using a good base coat. But anyway, I've just, every time I paint them, I'm so happy I did. And now I've got this routine down. So a lot of that angst that we talked about not too long ago about like yeah. not being able to unbutton your pants afterward and going through this right. whole thing. And you, like, you had like the most genius solution. So we'll have yes. to, I don't, now I'm blanking out on what episode that was, but I know that you described it in detail and we will link up the episode because you have yeah, some I feel like very it was good two tips. Or three months ago and I had kind of gotten it down. And, um, and now I feel like because I've got the right products lined up and I'm getting better about my technique, it just, the drying phase is so much less angsty. It doesn't yeah. take as long, or maybe I'm just like now in a routine where I, I just naturally put it at the right time of day. I don't do dumb things like <laughs> decide to paint my nails right before I have to go to the bathroom or something, yeah. Yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, so that's going really well. And there's really nothing else I'm doing just for funsies. I am you know, I know you and I have talked a lot about big girl skincare and I do, I still am having fun dabbling with all that yeah. stuff and, and I'm pretty routine about it, but I would say the fingernails have been the fun thing. Yeah. yeah well, and whenever that was that we talked about it, I was so inspired by you. I went through a few weeks. It was around Christmas. Cause remember we had like holiday, I had holiday nails yes. and yeah. So here's the problem. And this is probably very solvable, but like once I take it off, my nails chip and like yeah. they, they fall apart for a few weeks. So 
Do you, is that a base coat thing or is it you just have to keep doing it? Because my nails are were kind of actually garbage for like yeah. two months after. And they're just now like not chipping and breaking at the ends. Um, so I think it is sort of like a commitment thing sticking yeah. with it. But I also when I'm painting my nails, I keep them super short. Mine are so um, short, but they still would. They'd still chip and like break a split as at the end. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I am blessed with very, very. um what was it? I'm trying to think of like diamond heart or something. Oh. Well, there was a, there was a brand like it was, oh. I think it was Sally Hansen. Yeah. Hard as and, nails. Right? Hard as nails. Yes. Yeah. And my nails truly are like hard as nails. They like, huh. I just have really thick, rigid, healthy nails almost all the time. They will split a little bit. And when they split the ends, I'll just kind of cut them down further, but that usually doesn't last. So I haven't had that problem you describe. And I'm, I mean, I don't know, maybe Probably maybe there's some listener. conditioning, maybe like a conditioning oil or something might yeah. be helpful. Yeah. And I'm sure a listener will tell me a base coat or something because I do like the idea and I love the look and I was getting into it for a, like, I don't know, a few weeks and then I dropped that off. In terms of, fun, I agree, like skincare, I care more about than I ever have. I think it's more of a 41 thing than a yeah. COVID thing, but I definitely do more, care more, more interested in my skincare. Um I picked up a tube of liquid black eyeliner. I had run out of mine and I sent you a bunch of selfies, but like, I love a good cat eye. I was watching way too many shows that took place in the mid 1960s between Queen's Gambit and Mad Men. I think there was something else for a while and I'll just sit there watching and I'm absorbing the plot. But I realized that like a full 30% of my brain is thinking about eyeliner and like (laughs) exactly how. Like Betty Draper's cat eye looks different from Jones, looks different from Queen's Gambit. Like I really like I have thought a lot about eyeliner in my life and I won't apologize for it. So that is truly for fun because I am not going anywhere that requires a cat eye anytime soon. But I love liquid black eyeliner. And I think I can do it in a way that doesn't look like like why is that on your face? Because you're just like a mom going to pick up your kids like I can do a subtle one. Um but I love it. So that is what I have to contribute to the beauty or the personal grooming for fun. That's about it. Everything else is pretty functional. Yeah. Oh, the perfect cat eye. I often think about that while I'm supposed to be podcasting with Sarah. I'm just (laughs) staring at my window, looking at a mutant squirrel, thinking about a cat eye. (laughs) No, you have to be looking at someone who's wearing it like Betty Draper or I think I just think about like putting on that squirrel. He's so cute. Yeah. He'd look good with some, (laughs) some false lashes and (laughs) yes, a nice old cat eye. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to lump these last two questions together because they're both essentially future casting. Um, and what I'm really doing here is saying, what is the vibe right now in your area? And I know it's different everywhere. I think our areas are similar, but I think California is still a little more locked down than Michigan um, with like fun outings and nightlife. And so where, where you are now and where you see it going and then mm-hmm. travel, um, same mm-hmm. question, right? So yeah. I'll go first with both. Um, cause I think they're sort of similar in a way and not travel. Nothing's happening with travel right now, but that you see the light at the end of the tunnel. So mm-hmm. just to kind of, um, give you kind of like a quick timeline of the last year, we were basically, everything was super shut down until sort of like early summer, I guess. I think like restaurants opened back up in late May or early June and then they were open. Um, and it for a little while felt very not like normal, like 
there were definitely restrictions. Everybody was masked, but like there was so much outdoor seating and that was such a big part of it that I really mm-hmm. did feel like it wasn't hard to go grab a bite someplace. And besides, you know, walking in with your mask on and being seated with your mask on, you'd be sitting outside and it felt pretty normal, except that people's groups stayed together and people weren't yeah. mingling and no one was like going out to the bar. You know, no one was right. like, well, I'm not going to say that people were, but people mm-hmm. in my circle were not like going and hanging out of the bar with a bunch of random strangers. It was, but you would still go out and then it all shut down again. I, uh, right around November. And by then mm-hmm. most people I knew were already starting to pull it in anyway, because as things went indoors, people were becoming less and less comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then they opened things back up again, like about a month ago but very strict restrictions, very limited seating capacity, et cetera. So Michigan's doing pretty well. Um, and we, those rules will start to be relaxed again, starting Friday. So the capacity will get, um, less restrictive. I would say most people are still really selective about dining out. Um, but I think that's as Michiganders move into this outdoor dining phase, that's going to change. And People got really creative this year with their outdoor space and Michiganders got really good at like bundling up and sitting outside in 40 degree weather with like a warming lamp and a blanket. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we'll do what we got to do to get outside. So that compares with travel only in that, well, I have not been on a plane in well over a year now. Actually, no, I think exactly a year now. I think a year ago today, I was uh, traveling to Florida um, for a conference, but but there was a phase over the summer where it felt like okay to go camping to do the stuff I would do in summer anyway, which would usually be a lot of camping and like road trip, um, hiking trips and stuff. And then that shut down again too. So I feel like I'm in this weird position, like where this year has been such a roller coaster, like down up for a little Mm -hmm. bit down. And now it's like, I see that things like people are getting the vaccines, they're rolling out the way they're supposed to be. It's going pretty well here. The numbers are looking good. Like, what is June going to look like? And I'm just hoping it's going to look like me getting some travel in. I've already mm-hmm. got two camping trips lined up, um, UP camping trips. But that's no different than last year. I did that last year. I'm just hoping it could be a little more like normal. Like last year, yeah. there was a lot of kind of maneuvering to make sure our group stayed separate. And, yeah. um, you know, if you go out during the day for like a like a side trip, you had to make sure that you'd be able to get food or find a bathroom while you're out right. and stuff like that. Yeah. And it would be really nice for that to not be the case this year. And I would like a Megan and Sarah trip. That would be amazing. Would we too. haven't seen each other in a really long time. No, it's been a year and a half. Yeah. Almost, almost a year and a half. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I was nodding along with a lot of what you said. I think the difference for us is, uh, the things that my family and I, and Brian and I do for fun some of it never went away because we live near the beach. So you could right. almost always go to the beach except for like a month or something at the beginning. Um, go for a beach walk, go for a hike, sit outside on the patio. Um, we from the beginning have, you know, done very selective like backyard hangs with a couple other either couples or families. I'm very lucky that our kids are old enough that in the height of the COVID spread, we weren't dealing with like four and five year olds who can't social distance, that would have been hard. Anything we did, we were able to be like, Hey, let's set up two tables that are 10 feet apart. So we don't even like have to really stress about it. Or let's like have the kids stay masked when they run around the yard or whatever. So we've been able to make, I mean, very calculated social decisions, but they've been good. It's been better than nothing. Um, in terms of like 
getting out there, but we just, we haven't gone to a lot of restaurants. Brian and I went out to dinner once last month and that was, we went out once for our anniversary in August and once in February. So we have had exactly two restaurant dates in a year. Um, the five of us as a family ended up outdoors at a restaurant. I don't know when this was like November. It was not a good experience. I was like, this is not worth it with the family, with the kids. It's like too expensive for too much stress. So I am looking forward to just like a, like you said, just a little bit more ease of moving around. I will say that my kids like to say like, oh my gosh, it's been a whole year of quarantine. And I'm like, guys, you're not in quarantine. You go to school. Um, we, we still, now we have our Thursday after school tradition of, I take them to Starbucks or to the bakery and get a treat or something. And we do that. They go in with their masks and they pick out a treat and things that like we, we weren't doing for a long time. So it's almost like imperceptible, but gradual, like moving around more in the world has felt good. And I'm, I'm itchy. I'm antsy for that to be like easier, more fun. My mom's picking up Violet and taking her to the zoo today. Like they wear their masks the whole time and that will continue to be a thing for a while, but little by little, it's feeling less like a big deal to go do something. Um, so that's, well, isn't that funny? That's such a subtle, like less like a big deal that I mean, what a, like what an interesting bar to clear. Yeah. For something to feel less like a big deal. Like, I mean, it's possible, but it's been possible for a while. It's just been such a big deal. Yeah. And And I'm I'm someone who can be dissuaded due to hassle. We know that about me, right? Like we've joked that I have a low tolerance for physical discomfort. I have a low tolerance for like environmental stress, like things being like feeling not safe or, or too crowded. So because that's my personality, um, it's not so much I've been afraid of getting COVID but it's the hassle factor has kept me away from a lot of things. Um, but I, I don't even know if I, I think I've told you this, Megan, but we actually booked an Airbnb up in the Sierra Nevada mountains for um, like a week from now um, for three nights in the snow. I don't know if there will be snow on the ground. We've had a really you did tell me dry this, winter, yes. snow, but snow, yeah, your so, snowcation. Yeah. Snowcation. Um, and my kids are so excited and we don't ski. We're not going to ski. We might sled if if there's snow. You can go to little like bunny hills and go tubing. And um, so I don't I mean, we're not going to do that much, but just to book something like to get online, get on the Internet and book a rental of anything like car, plane. It felt so weird and and really good. So, yeah, no air travel planned yet. I would also really like to see you. Um, but that's our first. I'll have to report back on how that goes, because that is our first travel of any kind. Um, and that'll be in the middle of March. So I'm excited. Well, that's, that's great. I mean, yeah. I like ending this episode on a hopeful note, even if yeah. the hope is that things feel like less hassle, um, with after coming off of a year where everything felt like so much hassle that we kind of like went, uh, we drew inward to our squirrels and laminators and nail polish <laughs> You know what I mean? And in some ways, it's what a lovely, like, little forced break. Like, in some ways, I'm so glad I got to appreciate the birds and the squirrels. And I'm so glad I'm painting my nails. And, like, I'm happy that I, like, really went all in on long hikes and walks last year. And and I want to bring a lot of that forward. But I'm ready for things to be fun and easy again. Yeah, I agree. And for anything you want to do to feel like it's within your reach. And that's that's the thing I think the last year has been so weird about. Like, it's like some things just... Even if you can technically do them, there's so much hassle or pressure or like fear or yeah. stress around it that's like not worth it. And that's been a weird place to be. So I'm glad yeah. to be, I'm glad there's a light in the horizon. Agreed. Yeah. Well, well did we, did we, there's nothing to solve here, no. but um, that was fun. 
It was really fun. Um, I want to make sure everybody does our survey. Thank you. Thank you for those who have filled it out. It's really quick this time around. Um, it's almost all like you can do it on your phone right now. Just click the link in the show notes and um, it'll open up the survey on your phone and you don't even have to type anything if you don't want to, I don't think. So we really appreciate that survey feedback. Um, and I also wanted to mention that I interviewed Kendra from The Lazy Genius on Friday. If you missed it, it's a great conversation. So many of you are already like super fans of The Lazy Genius. But if you're not, I just, Kendra's right up our, she's right in our wheelhouse, Megan, because like her whole thing is like, find what matters to you and do that thing. But the things that matter to other people don't have to matter to you. So she's got great like little tips and solutions for the things that you, that, that if they matter to you, she can help you, but she is not putting anybody's else's standard of what matters onto anybody else, if that makes sense. So it was a really fun conversation. Totally. And I am excited about that one. Also, we will be back on Tuesday with one of our very favorite things, and that is a listener question episode. Um, we do that about quarterly. Listen to y'all's questions. I just said y'all like I'm a yeah, like a real Southern person. Rolled off the tongue. Well, you know, I can't see you guys anymore. So like you guys. <laughs> sounds like that. You uh, guys. Hey, you guys. If I say it like a like with that accent, does it, does it take some of the annoyingness away. I don't have a problem with you guys. You can call me you guys all day long. Hey, you guys. All right. So (laughs) anywho, anywho, you guys, we'll be back on Tuesday with a listener question episode. We'll talk to you then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits in self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get the Essential Calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour.